0: you're listening to real talk slp with your host elise clark the Deviling speechy this is a show to help speech pathologists navigate the slp world with real life stories to celebrate therapy successes and how to persevere when failure comes knocking on your door So around like March until, you know, May, you start to look at your students' goals and the progress that they're making on those goals. And you may have come to the realization that some of the students on your caseload are not making the progress that you want them to be making by this time of the year. And you may have even started working with them one-on-one and you are still hitting roadblocks with with your students making progress with their communication. Some of your students who have several goals or a lot of different communication areas that you're wanting to target, you know, that's hard to to cover all those goals when you're only seeing a student twice a week for therapy for 25 to 30 minutes. And then it takes a lot. Like you could be, you're like sweating. You're like, I got 10 opportunities in today. Um, because trying to get the student motivated and inspired to allow you to model a communication function is, it can get, it's hard sometimes in that 25 minute session. And so about my sixth year in, the two elementary sites that I was covering, one of the the sites the self-contained classrooms started to change. There was a lot more students coming in with AAC devices, with PECs books, uh, a lot of autistic children who could verbally communicate, but when you, you watched them in the classroom, they really were not communicating consistently and needed to be prompted a lot to communicate. And so I was seeing these kids in small groups or one-on-one. And and within about two or three months, and I had known that I wanted to do this anyway at the beginning of the year, but I was like, I'm going to just ease into this because we're building a team. I knew that I wanted to be doing more collaborative s- services with my students because I wasn't having fun in therapy. I felt like I was overwhelmed with how to get communication going. And then I was frustrated when we weren't seeing a lot of carryover or even a lot of um, interaction because I knew some of my kids needed to be have someone modeling and increasing the opportunities for them to see some of the words or see it on their AAC device that I couldn't provide. I couldn't provide that solely. Um, and so I knew that the the team, the people who see the student all day, every day, they needed to be involved in this. And I, I struggled with getting (laughs) buy-in with certain staff. And I know that one of, there was a lot of reasons why there was some buy-in, but one of the reasons um, is the one that I'm going to be talking about today. And we'll be talking and I'll share some ways that we can um, change that, right? Uh, But yes, teacher buy-in is one of those things that you, it's the glue to the collaborative services, and yet it can be so difficult because every team that you work with is different. Personalities are different. uh, The way they run their classroom is different. And so that can easily become overwhelming, (laughs) frustrating, or maybe, you know, some of you are like, I think it's exciting. (laughs) And if that's you, you are meant to do collaborative services. So that's what we're going to be talking about today. The one thing that could be hurting your teacher buy-in. And before we jump into that discussion, I wanted to tell you about the speech retreat. Yes, the speech retreat is coming again July 16th. It is a virtual professional development event that is designed for school-based SLPs, for slippers, and it, you know, it totally is applicable for private practice SLPs too. But we really try to pack the day with um, different speakers so that you get a variety of information on topics that you could be facing you know, in the school setting, because we have to wear many hats. We have to know a lot of things. And and so we wanted to design a professional development that gives you practical therapy ideas you can use Monday morning. and And we want to keep you inspired as well, because we know how hard the job is. And so I want to tell you about getting your speech retreat ticket now because if you get an early bird ticket, you get a swag box delivered to your door. So go to the show notes description to get the link to buy your speech retreat ticket. And one of the reasons I am talking about the speech retreat on this episode is because my topic is gonna be all about how to help you with working with your IEP team to implement collaborative services. And so if you are struggling with where to start, or you don't even know how to approach your staff with the even the concept of doing collaborative services you're going to want to come to my, you want to listen to my session, my session, because I'm going to give you practical tips for, for getting it done, getting things set up so that you can have a efficient, uh, productive year, helping your students communicate all day, every day. All right. So let's get back to this discussion about the one thing that could be hurting your teacher buy-in. All right. So, you know, a couple of weeks ago, I had put in my stories. I'd asked um, some SLPs because I was talking about implementing a coaching model and I wanted to know what are SLPs facing right now? Are they is is are, do they have teacher buy-in or do they not? And so I put up a poll question and I just asked like, what you know, are, do you have teacher buy-in for a coaching model? And I put one of the answers as no, (laughs) and I don't know what else to do. And then yes, my I have buy-in, and we have a wonderful team. I put something like that. And so I started to ask some of the SLPs who said, yes, I have buy-in from my team. And I asked them, you know, what did you do to foster um, that teacher relationship buy-in for collaborative services? Because I wanted to see if there were any, you know, if there was anything in common with what I have experienced over the years. And so one SLP in particular, she just said that she, in order to build buy-in, she had come from the high school and she was working in early intervention, like preschool setting. She had said that there was a lot of turnover of SLPs prior. And so, what she did first was just being open and available for questions. And then she also approached the staff and, and explained why she was uh, wanting to come into the classroom. Why was it evidence-based and, you know, why, you know, the reasons why she wanted to come in, it wasn't just to come in and nitpick all their teaching or make them, you know, be critical of how they were in the classroom. It was because, by implementing a coaching model or a co-teaching model, it's going to help the staff learn the strategies for how to work on communication goals in the classroom. Right. And so what I liked with this SLP did was she offered a trial period, like, Hey, can I do this for six weeks and we can see what's going to happen. Right. And she said that the team was sold in two weeks. They were sold in two weeks, but she had a big caveat statement for why she felt like they were sold in two weeks. And she said, I was and am consistent. If I'm absent, I send anything required for the week, including the book. I provided AAC support for the activities. Now she said, there is a lot of work that goes into planning. But the improvement we've seen in kids is huge. And she says, I think the biggest reason is consistency. Once we falter on providing that, teachers start feeling like they can't trust us. And, you know, you may be hearing that and going, well, Felice, I've got 20 assessments due in in three weeks. And so I had to cancel that therapy session. Or I told them at the IEP meeting how to work on vocabulary and they're not doing it. And really what it comes down to is that these teachers are just as overwhelmed as us. They are being told to do a lot of things. They have too many things on their plate and, you know, administration's telling them to do all, you know, just as much as us, right? I think the hard part is that teachers and staff Often don't know what we do either, and they have no idea how hard our job is or the the amount of uh, work that we do behind the scenes. They see us walk down the hall to go make a photocopy, and they think you know we're we're shopping online. Um, I remember one time I went to go pick up a student, and the teacher literally said, "Hey." do you think you could go do a Starbucks run for all of us? And I said, well, I have therapy right now. And she goes, well, yeah, like in a little bit. And I said, I have therapy all day. And are we supposed to be like, are we supposed to be leaving campus? Um, You know, and it was like, wow, some of these teachers must really think we've got the fluffy end of the deal. And so we have, you know, it's really hard is my point. It's really hard to be consistent when some of you out there have a gigantic workload right now. And it's really hard to get that momentum going when you already feel like you're working 150% and you're going, I don't think I could be any more consistent because I can barely get the things I need to get done. And I remember that um, when I really first started doing like wanting to work on collaborative services like I said at the beginning that there was a lot of roadblocks one of the roadblocks was me being consistent because I was fluctuating with a caseload of 75 dipping into 80 sometimes there was a lot of complex communication needs in several of the classrooms and and then you know, sometimes there'd be like emergency, an emergency assessment. And, you know, the principal's like, we need to get this done (laughs) because they have a manifestation meeting or whatever. I mean, like some of these things, this happened. And so I would have to cancel therapy or drop something that I wanted to do. And that did, it did hurt me. It did hurt getting buy-in, especially when when you're working with a teacher who thinks that they know better or that they you know, they're kind of like, ugh, she doesn't do anything for me. Um, and when we just talk at our teachers and we don't consistently follow up, it, it doesn't hold them accountable. Um, and they also then will have a scapegoat to call you a flake. I was always like, I hope they don't call me a flake. They probably did. <laughs> and so after this one year in particular – I knew that I wanted collaborative services to work because I knew it could have a lot of powerful impact. Um, But I had to take down some notes about what was going on in my workload that was impacting me from providing what I wanted. And one of those things was that I was promising things, like I said, that I could not follow through with. And so I wasn't being consistent. Um, or I would say I would go in and do something. And then because of, you know, a last minute change, I, or I wasn't going to get the deadline done, I had to cancel. And so I knew that that, that that was one of the many areas that needed to get changed with this, with this collaborative relationship. But I, I knew that we had to just wait till the end of the school year and when the, the new school year started to have a fresh start. And unfortunately, I accepted a new job in a new district because it offered a smaller caseload. And so I wasn't able to see if things would change it, you know, the next year. So I was a little bit bummed about that. Um, but I also knew that, okay, now I have a fresh start. I was going to a middle school where the administration was really wanted the team to do collaborative services for the life skills classrooms um, in particular. And I was all for it. And the teachers were ready to go. And so I knew right off the bat that I needed to be consistent with why, sharing why I was wanting to do something, so sharing my methods. I needed to be consistent with opening the door of communication to, uh, you know, to allow the teacher to share what they think is going to work or share their insights or give me feedback about what's working or not working, and I needed to be consistent with making sure I showed up prepared, ready with what I promised to do, right? And the more consistent I was with that, consistent with talking with the teachers about how we want the aides to be participating, talking with the teachers about what I was going to do and actually following through with that, all those things really fall back on consistency. And and if you can think of it as a long-term vision, of this hard work that I'm putting you know especially the first three months of the school year maybe you're really trying to be consistent and you're doing above and beyond you can fade that back you don't have to keep doing that all you know you may be able to say hey guys I think you're doing really well I'm gonna start let's what do you guys think about me fading back coming in every other week for coaching or whatever it is your you know whatever it is your team has come up with, and you have to look at it as I'm training my team, I'm building a team, I'm working with a team so that I can support them, so that they feel empowered and excited when they see one of the students in the classroom communicate independently or they use their AAC device without anyone prompting them using a new word. Um, that's exciting. Right, that's exciting for everyone, but it's all you know. We forget that it's exciting for them. And before we wrap this episode up, I also wanted to share a couple of other insights that I got from other SLPs that shared why they had staff buy-in. Um, there were several SLPs that said, "You know, this the SLP before me set the groundwork and really built the relationship up, and so the whole team is." was was ready to work with me when I took over that position. And so they were like, I didn't have to do that much to get the teacher buy-in. And I know that over the years, you know, when I've gone part-time, I, there were times where I had to cover two sites still when I was working two days a week. I still had to cover two different sites and, you know, and then teachers would leave. It was hard sometimes to go, oh, I guess I have to Build this relationship up again. Hope it's worth the effort. Um, Here I go again. You know, I'm like the hamster on a hamster wheel. Um, If you think of it going, you know what? This is not frivolous work. This is not work that's going to go unnoticed or un. You know that it's not going to be effective or helpful. Because if you can, if you can imagine the work that you put in and then pass it off to another SLP to continue. You've made a big impact, right? You've you've saved that SLP hours and hours of work so that she or he can get right into the trenches and start making progress with the students, right? And so if we can kind of shift our mindset, like these that collaborative services, a teacher buy-in, is a long-term game. It's something that we have to approach gently, compassionately, and slowly, but also consistently (laughs) and intentionally. Um, That's too many words right there. I'm verbally vomiting too many adjectives. Um, But yes, if we can look at it that way, that it's a long-term goal, that we can't just go into an IEP meeting and tell everybody here's what they need to do and then think it's going to happen and that we have to actually dig a little deeper. You're going to see progress. You're going to take small, actionable steps each week. And one day, six months from now, you're going to wake up and go into a classroom and see it be completely transformed. But it takes time. It takes time and it takes consistency. And so if you are like, this was really, really helpful, Felice, but I still have some more questions, you can always email me or send me a DM on Instagram at the Dabbling Speechy because I would love to answer more of your questions or have this in a podcast. Um, Or if you are doing something that you are really excited about, let me know because I would love to have you come on the Real Talk SLP podcast and share what you were doing in the trend with collaborative services, because it will inspire other SLPs to see what they can do for their students. So just remember, everyone, be the SLP that every kid wants to see. Stay inspired, and I will talk with you next week.